welcome everybody to another awesome edition of Stick a Fork in It. We are down one of our co-hosts today. Shannon couldn't be with us, but uh, I think we'll make up for that. One with our location, and two with a really exciting guest. So, want to welcome Brian Ald of the newly minted playoff uh, returning Tampa Bay Rays. I don't want to say AL East champs yet, but I feel like that's coming. Yeah, well, I, let's hope that that's coming. It's great to be here. Sorry to uh, to miss Shannon, but I'll do what I can to keep this thing floating. And uh, just a reminder that it was a clinch night last night yes, for me too. So forgive any uh, <laughs> any lack of energy that may have resulted in a later evening than normal. Not a worry at all. It's always good to celebrate those things. It's uh, it's kind of, I'd love to start just talking a little bit about the team because, you know, three years in a row in the playoffs and reigning American League champions, It's it must be an exciting time to be part of all of this. It's incredible. Um, I, if if I'm being honest, and I feel like I might as well do so, um, when I came down here in 2005, we had some pretty high aspirations, but what we've been able to do on the field has exceeded the wildest of my expectations. Uh, we have won, I think, the third or fourth most games in all of Major League Baseball since 2008, um, the postseason in half the years, which is nothing it's short incredible. of incredible. Yeah. It, is, uh, it is not an easy thing to do. We should not take it for granted. This run has been... Um, nothing short of spectacular, and uh, we're just so glad to be able to share it with everyone. That's where the where the real joy comes. Yeah, it's it, it's really fun to watch. And before we get too far down a rabbit hole around baseball, which I could absolutely do, <laughs> <I've seen it. laughs> um, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners? So, Brian, your uh, role with the Rays, and then kind of you you mentioned that you came down here. You've been here almost fifteen years, I guess. I think it's seventeen years. I'm coming up on. Okay. Yeah, I uh, my name's Brian Ald. Um, I am team president of the Rays. I'm also vice chairman of the Tampa Bay Rowdies now. Um, love love both baseball and soccer, and you know can't really believe how fortunate I am to have. Uh, really stumbled my way into this this great job. Um, I, I grew up all all over the United States and actually in Japan, and uh, have uh, just been thrilled to be a part of all of this. Awesome, yeah. This uh, I would love to hear a little bit about the the Rays and Rowdies, uh, kind of how how you balance both of those roles. We we love the Rowdies here, you know, going to Al Lang, watching a game. It's a little different from growing up going to Al Lang, watching hardball, but you know, mm -hmm. uh, I'm soccer coach for all three of my boys, and oh, right uh, you know, we make it out to a game when we can, and it's a it's a fun venue and and a great team. Again, another first place team. So again, we must be doing something right. Yeah, the Rowdies got a got a little playoff streak going themselves, and knock on wood, they'll get back again this year too. Uh, we added an, an a Rose Arena to the club this last year. It seemed like the the least we could do after Randy had the greatest postseason in MLB history. Yeah. Um, and it turns out his brother's an awfully good soccer player, so uh, has been has been part of a uh, an incredible defense over at the Rowdies this year. Um, when the opportunity to purchase the Rowdies came up, we we jumped on it. It seemed like a, a great opportunity to create some synergies between the two organizations, to share a lot of resources together, to promote one another. Um, and it really gives our staff uh, a whole lot of new, interesting, fun, professional challenges too. So uh, it just made sense to sort of widen our portfolio a little bit. Um, and, uh, and it's been more than anything, just a ton of fun um, to, to have that organization be able to play games at that absolutely stunning field. Um, I think Al Lang is uh, one of the one of the best pieces of the planet um, on Earth. That's probably redundant, uh, <laughs> but you get the, you get the point. So anytime it's you can be the, down there, you're feeling pretty good about which it. planet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. this planet, <laughs> one that we're on right now. <laughs> Yeah, it, uh, you know, I was joking with you before we started that I grew up going to Al Lang, watching spring training and uh, just love that venue of uh, the 
connection. It really feels St. Petersburg to me. You know, it's been a, a host of, of sporting events for over a hundred years, which is pretty darn cool. Yeah, absolutely. So share with us a little bit about kind of how the, the town has grown up around the Rays and um, around the, the trop because, you know, I, I grew up in the area and when I was younger, there was not really any reason to be in St. Petersburg other than Janice Landing. And so things have changed quite a bit. How have, have the Rays been part of that? How, what's that felt like for you? I think it's been uh, really organic. I think, I think you'd be wrong if you suggested that the incredible renaissance in St. Petersburg hasn't been connected to the the birth of Major League Baseball and and the you know subsequent growth that that we've witnessed over the last twenty plus years. Um, but you know St. St. Petersburg's got its incredible beach drive. Um, when the baseball team came here, I believe the Vinoy was boarded up, it and was. we just slowly started very organically. Um, opening the city up to, to businesses and, and restaurants moved in and, and you know, uh, craft breweries and the coffee shops and created this really, really cool vibe that builds on itself. And so I think now you've got a, you know, a thousand reasons to come visit. Um, that's obviously great for the ball club. Uh, it's great for the Rowdies and it's great for St. Petersburg. And it's been really, really cool to see. Um, I, I, almost every time that I get in my car and drive anything other than my normal route to work, I see something new and exciting that's going on in St. Petersburg. And it's one of the reasons I absolutely love living here. Yeah, it's, it is a great place to be. And, you know, I think the, the connection between the Rays and the city are some, is something that, is really special in a lot of ways. You know, I, I, I grew up here before there were the race there, you know, when it was the Thunderdome and the lightning mm -hmm. played here, when uh, it was just an empty shell of a building with a hope for a team and to see the two rise together has been really, really cool. And I think it's really important. I'd love to dive in a little bit to talk about um, how the team has approached being a part of the community, because, you know, certainly at Feeding Tampa Bay, we feel that and we can go into some details later about how we work together. But I would just love to hear from the team president perspective, you know, how do you approach being part of the local community? Well, I appreciate you asking. And I, and I think the fact that I'm sitting in this seat speaks a little bit to it. Um, only other job I've had was as a fourth grade teacher in a, in a uh, very poor neighborhood out in California. Um, and that Stu Sternberg and Matt Silverman thought to bring me in at a, at a senior level on the business side 17 years ago when, when he purchased the team and, and Matt became the, the president, um, speaks to, I think, what they felt. And it's kind of, you know, running a baseball team shouldn't be that complicated. We basically try to do three things. we got to win baseball games. We have to provide an incredible um, fan experience. And we need to be a great corporate partner. And um, having worked on the nonprofit side of things and having worked in a school, I knew what great corporate partners do and how they do it. I know that it means rolling up your, your sleeves every once in a while and really getting into things. I know what it means to stay out of stuff that you don't actually understand better than the people who are actually on the ground. Um, I know that it means financial support. And um, that's been core to who we are from day one. And it's core to who we are as an organization and as people. Um, I, I say all the time, if if all any of us cared about was winning baseball games and making people in Tampa Bay happy and Yankees fans sad, that <laughs> that really wouldn't be, I mean, it'd be moderately yeah, fulfilling. Kind of nice, yeah. But it, <laughs> that, we, that part's still good. That part is lovely. Uh <laughs> But we need to be more. Um, and that comes through community work. And the stuff that, you know, I will be most proud of when my career is done is mostly the things we've been able to do off the field. Um, 
Now, let's be clear. Whenever the Rays do anything, the fact that we come as the defending American League champions, the fact that we've got players that everyone recognizes, the fact that we're winning baseball games makes it that much more valuable. And so we don't we don't take our eye off the ball to to make a terrible pun um, <laughs> and, and recognize that we are a baseball team first and foremost. But if you're not a part of the fabric of the community and you're not making the world around you uh, a better place, you're really missing the most fulfilling part of the of the job and of what the the potential for sports can be. Yeah, and you know, I I, I want to make it clear for our listeners that <clears throat> it is abundantly clear to me that those aren't just words. It's not just a nice corporate statement. That is how you live and breathe here in the Rays organization. I know from the moment you came in, you adopted Campbell Park Elementary School, you know, which is right on the other side of the road from from the Trop. You've been incredible community partners with summer reading programs and all sorts of other stuff. But just recently, with us, we've really stepped it up a notch, and so, you know. Adding to your long-term support at Campbell Park Elementary School, we actually got together and said, um, can we do a little bit more? We have a school pantry program, and uh, you guys came in as sponsors of that program and supporters of it, and we were actually able to, to kind of blow that thing out a little bit, and we moved over to the middle school, and we have a really big pantry there that not only serves that middle school, but the two elementary feeder schools that are right here you know, within uh, the shadow of the trop. And it's been great to have, you know, you know, just as you say, you know, it's easier to come in as the defending AL champs. It's a whole lot easier for us to draw kids in and draw families into what we're doing when we can throw a raise hat on top of it, or we can, you know, put a, put a player logo or, you know, kind of add to that by sprinkling a little raise dust on it. It's been nice for us. Our best partnerships are when sp- when organizations show us how they can use the raised dust, so to speak, to help them fulfill their missions better. And those pantries are incredible. Um, you know, I've, I've been fortunate to, to never have been food insecure myself, uh, but I've seen it. And I know that a huge part of it um, is, is about human dignity. And these pantries, being at the schools, the way they're set up, they allow people to get something that they desperately need while maintaining their their dignity and their pride. And um, and it doesn't feel like, uh, you know, charity. It feels like just a community coming together and helping each other out at a school. And, and that's, uh, you know, I'm just so impressed with the way those have been set up and the work that's gone into it. Um, and again, when we can just be the little the little thing around the edges that makes it work better, that's when we're at our very best. We, we love when people can use the assets that we have, the, the players, the social media channels, the, you know, the, the pieces that are part of our core to who we are as a baseball team to augment their mission. That's when things get really get special. The Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org programs. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I'm sure as a, as a former teacher, there's a little extra in that for you. My, uh, my wife is also a teacher and, um, I've shared, I think before on the podcast, but I'm happy to share it again that, you know, the thing that really opened my eyes to food insecurity was my wife doing student teaching. You know, she taught on, uh, what you could call the wrong side of the tracks in a, in a tough school. And, um, within about a week she started buying extra food at Publix and bringing it in. And, you know, she had that drawer from day one that for the kids who didn't know where their next meal was going to be or um, weren't sure, you know, if they were going to eat that evening, you know, that's, 
it really opened my eyes to, to something because I've been like you have been fortunate to, to never experience food insecurity, but to see it like that and, and in a child, it's, it's just something where you have to take action. You have to do something about it. Yeah, it's tragic. And yeah, all you have to have been is hungry once in your life to know you're not at your best. Yeah. Uh, and if you grow up that way, um, it's going to be that much harder to fulfill your potential. So we're, we're so proud to support Feeding America, Tampa Bay, and or Feeding Tampa Bay, I should say. Uh, I know that name changed longer ago than I should have gotten it correct. It's all right. It's still but, our uh, official name. Don't worry. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, but that's why, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's not just putting food in people's stomachs. It's allowing them to have a shot at realizing their potential and what's more important. Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're excited. I love that you use the word dignity because that's something that we talk about all the time. You know, you're, you're right. The, the opportunity for a family to come in and select the food items that they wanted, that's culturally appropriate or meaningful to them, that um, really reflects the, the food they want to prepare for their family is just, uh, it's a blessing. And then, you know, we're really excited because in a couple of weeks, we're going to open a Trinity Cafe over here in Pinellas County. And, you know, people have been kind of clamoring for that. And we're really, really excited to get that off the ground and dignity is always the word there. Um, so, you know, I know we'll, we'll connect with you guys about how you can be partners there. And in fact, you already are because you sponsor um, our groceries on the go mobile food truck. Uh, it's got your logo all over it. I think Stefan's picture is actually on the one side and, you know, it's raised community support and uh, it really helps us draw people in when we go out into the community and, and open it up. So many of these partnerships, you know, you mentioned you were, you were kind enough to say that these aren't just words, but the, the first new corporate policy we put in when we got here was to give every staff member one paid day off per month to volunteer anywhere they want in the community or one hour per week. And so many of our relationships have been born out of that volunteer service. Someone's there, they mention, oh, I work for the Rays, they come back, they chat with us, and all of a sudden now we can do organization to organization partnerships and really blow the thing out. And that's what makes it so real, makes it so easy, is that our staff are really out there selecting uh, oftentimes the causes that we can make the biggest difference in. And when you've got that kind of buy-in from the outset, it, it makes it uh, a lot simpler to be really effective. Yeah, absolutely. We have to give props to one of your team members, Jen Tran. She's a fantastic partner. She's on our board. Um, but even long before she was on our board, she was a volunteer with Feeding Tampa Bay. She's been wonderful from day one. She, you couldn't ask for a better role model in your community, in your organization, anywhere. And uh, yeah, we're, we're very proud of her. And I, uh, I, she's one of those people that I feel like as long as she thinks I'm doing a good job, I know I'm doing a good job. <laughs> Hopefully she'll be honest with me about that. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, actually, I think we had a, our very first pandemic podcast was mm -hmm. with Jen Tran. We over did it Zoom. over Zoom. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it just an, another indication of, of how great a partner you guys have been. Um, you've given us the parking lot that, across the street that we use for our mega distributions. We're serving, you know, 1,000 to 1,500 families every single Saturday. Um, and we've been doing it now for, I think, 16 or 17 months right across the street through a, through a season and a half. And, uh, you know, I, I just I could go on and on about the, the wonderful things that you guys have done for us, let alone the rest of our nonprofit partners in the community. And um, I, I just really appreciate, you know, your team leadership on that and, and how you really drive that message home to everybody who works here. Thank you. <laughs> so. Our co-host, Shannon, is not here with us today. And there's a, a favorite question she always asks. So I'm going to have to step in and, and ask it for her because uh, we love food. You know, it's not just what we do. It's not just our resource, but we love food. We love talking about food. We love eating. And one of the questions we ask all of our guests is share with us 
a memory you have around a table? Just the first thing that pops in your mind, something special. <laughs> uh, I mean, when you, when you mentioned it, I go back to, you know, growing up as the oldest of four kids, um, and really just uh, watching my parents try to maintain order around the table, which brings me right to my current life where there's three kids and, and I'm basically doing the same thing. Um, I, th that's the, you know, the joy of food to me is the way it brings people together. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm not going to let you get away that easily. We're going to talk about the awesome food scene down here. Now, if there's a night where you don't feel like cooking or uh, you just want to go out and celebrate, maybe like when you clinch a playoff berth or uh, where where do you go? Where's the go to spot? Yeah, I, look, I love all of Beach Drive. Um, certainly uh, I, the Hunger and Thirst, which is a partner of the Rays, is a, is a favorite uh, entity for me to stop by as well. Um, I absolutely love Trophy Fish uh, up on Central. Um, there's so much good food around here right now. And we're really, we, we try to try new places whenever we can. Again, with all the kids and all the time that baseball takes up, there's not a ton of time to get out there and eat. Um, but, uh, any of those spots is great. Um, I'll, I want to be outdoors whenever I can be. Yep. Uh, and so I, I prefer the venues that allow that opportunity when it's, when it's not a hundred degrees at least. <laughs> um, and uh, for me, it, I, I do love food too. Appreciate what you're saying, um, but I'm usually going where others want to go. I'm a, I'm a follower. I want to be with the right folks, and uh, and the stories that come out of the meals are the most important part to me. Awesome. That's yeah. It, it's a, such a neat thing about where we are now in St. Petersburg that there are a million places you can go and sit outside and and just have a burrito with somebody or, or hang out and people will walk by because you're on central or you're down on beach. And, uh, just the way in which our food scene connects with kind of the openness of our community is really cool. I was, uh, down here a couple of weeks ago with some friends out of town and we talk, took them to doc Ford's up on the pier. And mm -hmm. that's just a, it's an incredible, the, the whole situation we have going down at the pier now is just awesome. Totally agree. I'm also partial to Asian food and there's got to be 10 different new Asian or Asian fusion uh, operations going on around town too. And I stumble into those all the time. It's, it's fun. It's exciting. So I, I've also noticed, you know, I, I'm a big Rays fan. I've been since day one. And uh, Thank I, you. In, in fact, <laughs> I, uh, so I left just before the Rays came to town to go to college and um I actually came back and I was interning at the then St. Petersburg times the first summer that the Rays were here. And I can, I can remember very vividly, uh, skipping work one day because it was a, a weekday day game and Greg Maddox was in town. So tell me, a, you know, I'm sure you have some of the same kind of memories about playing ball or, or watching ball growing up. Do you, what, what jumps out at you as a memory that kind of, I was born in Berkeley, California, and so Oakland A's games were my first memories, really, of my entire life. Uh, going to those games with my dad, absolutely loved it. I remember um, same stadium there now, uh, coming coming out and seeing just the vast green grass expand in front of me, and I'm thinking this was just the coolest thing in the world, and sitting there and hoping for extra innings so that things would just go on and on and on. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and you know, learning that hot dogs are tastes better in ballparks oh, and, sure. uh, and no usually question. getting a treat too. I encourage everyone when you bring your kids to games, just feed them and give them delicious things. So they always want to come back. Um, <laughs> and then I stayed with the, with the A's and with baseball when we moved to Japan, I moved to Japan um, for kindergarten through fifth grade. Um, and I, I remember being really connected to America. It felt like to me through baseball. I mean, most of the kids on the, on the teams were Japanese, obviously. Um, 
but uh, I had I had Major League Baseball. There was a game of the week that was on TV. It was always appointment television, and so the game really had a strong connection to me all the way all the way through all those years. Um, I, I unfortunately never really learned how to hit worth a darn, but uh, I had a pretty good glove. Um, and I stayed short enough that I could uh, work a walk for a pretty long period in Little League, <laughs> um, and it all it all just uh, sits with me as a really uh, like wonderful connection to you know again my my home at the time in in the United States and in California. Yeah, I my boys played baseball for a little while, but are more soccer now, and um, it's just interesting because my dad and I had that connection through through baseball. You know we. Uh, have all these memories of you know watch, sitting down and watching Cal Ripken break the record and uh, you know all these other things that we did together and it's just it's such a neat way to connect with people that you care about. It's the best game for doing that. It's the right pace for it. It's the right amount of time and you know men men in particular yeah, notoriously uh, outstanding communicators and good at talking about our feelings <laughs> and our emotions and so when you know. I, the, there's got to be just a whole slew of relationships between fathers and sons that are that baseball is really important. And yeah. you know what? We play pretty much every day for six months. It gives people a chance to reach out. One of the unseen gems that this job has given me is that all my friends from all over the place text when something <laughs> crazy with the Rays happens, and it just keeps us in touch in a way yeah. that I otherwise wouldn't be. And I'm so grateful for that. It's one of the the real secret powers that sports can have in terms of bringing communities together and holding people together and even just getting people to talk. You know, you start off talking about, can you believe that Randy Rosarina hit two more home run last, last night and this team keeps going and you, you get into your children, your family, your values and, uh, and all the other more important stuff. Yeah. It's been really fun for me to, to see exactly that play out in my own family because, uh, my middle son has, is the one where baseball kind of stuck the longest. And, uh, just this season, actually, he is a, your best son. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and, and he will tell you that too. Um, and so he was with his, some of his buddies had tickets to the game and invited him and, and it happened to be Wander Franco's debut. And so he came home, you know, it's whatever it was, 1030 at night. And he walks in the door going, Wander Franco. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't take Wander long to, uh, to become a household name around these parts. He hit that three run home run and uh, now has gone on this incredible on base streak. It's, uh, Boy, man, he's fun. He's gonna be here for a long time. And when you can plug in a switch hitting shortstop that's gonna yeah. hit, you know, somewhere between two and five in your order, makes it easy to assemble the rest of the lineup. It sure does. And that's you know, watching the Rays build a team and the ways that you've been able to adapt over the years. And you know, obviously there were there were some successes before Joe Madden, but the creativity that he brought when he came here and then the way that the organization has been able to to build on that and adapt beyond that has just been, it's a great business lesson, I think, for a lot of people to see how you can, you know, exploit inefficiencies and you can create an identity and you can, uh, you know, utilize young talent and mix it in with experience. It's, uh, it, to me, there are so many lessons in it that go beyond the diamond. Oh yeah. I look, I could talk about it all day long. You know, we, we figure out how to put pieces together that complement each other better than anyone else. We also figure out how to get the most out of every individual. Um, you know, it, it, sometimes it's something as simple as, Hey, 
left-handers crush your curveball, you have to stop throwing it to them. Um, and other times it's, if you could just, it sounds like my high school career, throw all your pitches, you know, two or three inches higher, you're going to be a lot more effective. And so we do that with the individual, but then we also say, Hey, you know, you're, you're a guy who just can't hit righties. And so we're going to platoon you and you're going to be in the lineup against lefties. And we're going to find this other guy who's really good at the stuff that you're not. Um, and you've seen it come to be, and you've, you've seen Kevin Cash in particular, be just such an incredible communicator in helping folks understand maximizing your own talent really goes hand in hand with maximizing our team's ability to win. Um, and so, Hey, you know what you may, maybe, maybe you don't think you're a first baseman. We need you to learn how to play first base because that's where our need is. And it's going to make you better too. And we wouldn't be asking you to do it if we didn't have a pretty good amount of data analysis and thought put behind you being able to do it well. Um, and initially that is such a hard thing to get baseball players of all people to buy into. Um, if you make it to the major leagues, you've been the best player on your team wherever you've been for as long as you've been alive until that point. Um, and so getting them to think about things in a new way has really been um, truly exceptional. We're, you know, it's why we're, we're thankful for Kevin and the rest of the coaching staff every single day. And then once it starts moving in the right direction, players are like, oh, look, it worked for that guy, worked for that guy, worked for that guy, and, and we're at the top of the standings. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on this ship. I'm ready to go. It's a whole lot easier to buy in when you see the success all around you. Yeah. 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 It was really important that we were successful. (laughs) (laughs) Otherwise we couldn't be successful. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Now my dad would tell you it's because Kevin used to be a catcher. I would tell you it's because he's a Florida state guy, but I both credit where it's due on all fronts. (laughs) Gaither high school too. If I'm not Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's a local. This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. You know, I was just with my whole team the other day, and we did uh, one of those kind of personality tests and talked about each other's strengths and communication styles and, and how that builds into working together. And it's so easy for me as somebody who loves sports to be able to draw those comparisons and say, you know, look, this is, we have a great example right here at home. You can watch what the Rays do, how they embed uh, the search for good data into the work that they do. And then they utilize that data to make better decisions and to move the project forward. And uh, it, it really does um, open up possibilities that you might not have seen otherwise when you're willing to be flexible, when you're willing to follow the data as opposed to hunches. And, uh, you know, obviously a great movie as an Oakland A's fan, I'm sure you're, you got a long history with Billy Bean and the the background of, of Moneyball and all of that. But, uh, that science continues to evolve. And it seems like for, for quite some time now, the Rays have been at the front of that. Yeah, you know, and no, no two Rays teams are alike, right? I think we're leading the league in runs, or we were a couple of days ago. I don't know exactly where we were. You know, offense has always been the problem with this team. Everybody <laughs> said it from day one, um, but we, we've leaned into that. We've had a ton of pitching injuries. We've had to adapt the way we go out and play baseball games. Um, when we came out with the opener, uh, you know, using a relief pitcher to start a game, yeah. It, it wasn't just to be cute and to try something new. It was because it fit the talent set that we had at the time. Um, and then last year when we had Blake Snell and Charlie Morton and, uh, and glass now that you could roll out every day there, there was less of a need for openers <laughs> and, and to, and, you know, to be able to be flexible about that and to, to be thoughtful, um, really important. And again, I think you're right. There's a ton of great business lessons that raise baseball can, can teach to the world. Um, because there's such a, a 
deep acceptance of the culture that um, you should be open-minded to anything. You should lean into your strengths. And that's going to take any organization um, in directions that you may not always anticipate. And you got to be okay with that and see where it leads. And for us, you know, we, we can't play baseball like everybody else does. Uh, otherwise, the, the Yankees' resources are going to make it really hard for us to finish above them. So we've got to be willing to take those chances, make smart risks. Um, obviously, they don't always work. Uh, but if you put good processes behind them, you're going you're gonna to find good outcomes most of the time. Yeah, I, I love that perspective and the the way you tie it into your organizational culture. Because to me, that's the secret, right? Because you've had other... GMs come and go, right? Eric's only been here a couple of years as the GM. You've had uh, all sorts of managers come through over the years and yet the success has continued and all credit to Stu and Matt and, and you and the rest of the group that have kept that culture alive. Do you have an idea, uh, you know, what are the kind of things that you do organizationally to cultivate that culture? You won't you won't hear me give a speech to the staff without mis- mentioning our mission, which is to energize the community to the magic of Rays baseball and rowdy soccer. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to say that right now. Um, and that's that's sort of the number one thing we harp upon. And I think if you were to ask around here, the number two would be that we say that this is an employee's first culture. And that means that we put our staff above literally everything else, product on the field, um, revenues, profit margins, um, anything else that we do. We truly believe that if we focus on having, you know, inspired um, employees who feel that we care about them, all that other stuff takes care of itself. And when people really do believe that, I think they can do really wonderful things. And so, you know, one of my one of my catchphrases too is that the the secret sauce about the Rays and Rowdies is that everybody really buys into it and wants to be here. Um, yeah. Most people could be doing something somewhere else if they wanted to, but we like what happens here. We we respect one another and we we really dig working together. And so, all right, you got a wacky, crazy idea? Let's give it a go. Let's see if it can happen. Um, and again, but the, you, you see that manifest itself the most in, on the field. It's the most obvious place, but it's kind of going on constantly behind the scenes and it's endemic to our DNA and it's a great recruiting and retention tool for our staff, um, as is our volunteer policy, right? If, if you're not attracted to the opportunity to volunteer in the community, you probably, probably don't fit. find this company to be a weird yeah. spot. <laughs> um, and so when you look around, you're like, oh my gosh, all these people, they like baseball, they like soccer, they want to make the world a better place. Let's let's get after it. And if I can provide, you know, in, in the leadership role that I'm in and the rest of the management team here, the opportunity for people to do that, that's really what most of us want out of our careers. Yeah, absolutely. I think by the way, it's not that simple. And I <laughs> right. And if you ask some folks, they'd be like, I've heard Brian say that before, and some of it's true, but it's certainly the it is the the ethos. Yeah, but and you know, you joke that it's not that simple because you live and breathe all the complications after those pieces. But in some ways it really is that simple. You know, we kind of look at it the same way at feeding Tampa Bay. Our first thing is, do we have the right people on the bus? You know, and then from there, we can figure out almost any problem the community throws at us, whether it's a government shutdown or a hurricane or a pandemic, you know, we've been able to work through that because we have the right people with the right attitude who care about the right things who are going to work shoulder to shoulder and, and do everything they can to make sure that uh, food is, is giving possibilities for tomorrow for people. Yeah, that's great. But my, my firm belief is you need a focus. My, my favorite focus personally is to, is to put it on the staff of the people. It's the most fulfilling to me, but I got to give Walmart credit, right? They just want to get a product in your hand for as little money as possible. And, 
and over the years have gotten criticized for how that affects their employees. For example, Amazon's the same thing. Um, but that that unique focus, whatever it may be, um, I think serves organizations better than when you say we put our employees, our profits, our revenues, and our product first. <laughs> right. um, that doesn't first, work, right? And if you look at the the truly great companies in the world, you know your Apples or your Walmart, and it, and I use great. You can assess value however you want. But some of the biggest and most successful, they do, they have a focus. Um, and it's not trying to be all things to all folks. It's this is what we do. This is how we do it. Now, what I think is really special about making it about your people is it allows for so much more malleability along the way, right? Yeah. Different people as they come in will have different strengths, different weaknesses, and can take you in all sorts of new, interesting, and special places. And as long as you um, continue to say, we just want to keep those people happy, satisfied, and feeling like they're contributing, you'll you'll probably have some pretty positive outcomes again. Yeah, absolutely. I love, love the way you guys uh, approach that. And so before we go, I have, I have a final question for you. Um, how are we going to win the World Series this year? Man, I don't know. That's uh, I don't know if you guys saw. I was across the hall in the in our in our all staff meeting, and I was I was basically interviewing Eric Neander, our general <laughs> manager, because I was like, "How are we going to put the pitching together? Who's starting? How's it going to work? What are we going to do?" And he was like, "We don't know. We got <laughs> we got another few days to figure this out." I'll tell you this: it's not going to look like anything you've ever seen before. Um, it's going to be a whole different brand of baseball because of the off days. You know, this postseason is very different than last postseason. Yeah. Last postseason, I think we played like 13 out of 14 days. You know, we weren't traveling. We were we were in bubbles and COVID. Um, and so there were no off days. And it really affects in a very material way the way you put a pitching staff together and even the way you put your lineup together. So with these off days, um, with uh, with the rosters the way they are, um, with all the injuries that we've faced, you're going to see, I think, some real creative game management. Um, I would, I don't know if I would spoil secrets if I had them, but I don't even have them. <laughs> We're still trying to figure it out. Uh, I'm just confident that uh, it's going to give us a pretty darn good chance to win. And I think this team is as exciting as any we've ever had and just want everybody to enjoy it. Yeah, that that egoless search for solutions is one of the things that I think is a hallmark of the Rays. You know, you brought Shane up just this week, right? And gave him his first start. Yeah. And he might be a big part of the plans or he might not even make the postseason roster. Who knows? <laughs> it's it is absolutely true. And and what we do to make guys feel like a part of the team, even though they may be on the shuttle to Durham back and forth all year long, again, it's really special. We we we're very open with people about um, and open with our players in particular about what we need from them and, and why it works and, and why sometimes um, there might be some tough situations for their individual case. But they trust that. Um, one of the articles that I'm most proud of that came out early this year, they interviewed a bunch of former Rays players, uh, you know, like like Blake Snell. And to a to a person, they all said, we felt like we were really cared about and loved there. We also felt like the Rays weren't going to be able to pay us as much as other teams. Right. We also knew that we could get traded at any moment. We also knew that the Rays faced these business challenges that you know, other teams may not have and that aren't necessarily player friendly business challenges. But because of the candor and the openness and the and the real personal relationships that we have, we're able to navigate that. And I think that's how we've been able to stay so strong and to, and to preserve our culture, despite I think there's like four general managers now who have come through this organization and five managers, um, you know, and they're all very successful wherever they've been. And we yeah. wish them nothing but the best. Um, but we've been able to been able to hold on to something really special here too that uh, that's really hard to replicate. 
Yeah, no doubt. And uh, it'll be exciting to see what happens next. So uh, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we really enjoy having the conversation with you. We appreciate all you guys do for us and for the broader community and uh, go race. Obviously, it goes without saying thank you, too. Um, thank you for, uh, again, providing providing food with dignity to all those in need. And uh, we'll continue to be here to support however we can. All right, Brian. Take care. Thank you. All right. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.